You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. This is Dave Jackson, and this is the Earn and Invest podcast. I'm going to do something a little different with the intro today. I'm going to share something deeply personal And then I'm going to tell you an anecdote that is kind of funny. Kind of. First, for the difficult stuff. As I've shared before, my dad died suddenly when I was eight years old. You've heard that. But what I've never talked about is that a few weeks preceding his untimely death, I had a dream that he died and I was thrilled because I could now have all the cool stuff he kept in his workshop. His pocket knives, his tools, other doodads. I mean, I was eight years old. When he actually died, I became convinced that it was my fault, that it was because of my dream, my selfishness, or ultimately the fact that if I had just been a better kid, he would have lived. I mean, come on, I was eight years old. Although I have logically moved on over the years from such thinking, I have a tendency to return to these childish feelings when faced with something hard whether relationships, work, or even podcasting. I often work so hard, I leave my heart exhausted and exposed on the ground and then decide, regardless of the outcome, that I have failed. If I just would have been good enough, worthy enough, my father wouldn't have died. The relationship would have worked. The podcast would get more downloads. If I had just been better. And now for a somewhat related and kind of funny anecdote. Kind of. I got my first podcasting-related injury last month at the Economy Conference. I was helping Joe Salcihai do a live podcast episode of the Stacking Benjamins podcast in front of 400 people. After the show, I was walking out of the staging area, a room created with steel poles draped with fabric, and the structure collapsed and one of those poles smashed into my face just below my left eye. I won't give all the gory details, but let's just say I was lucky on a number of accounts to not be more hurt. So how does this all connect? Well, podcasting is hard. And today I have Dave Jackson of the School of Podcasting, Can You Say Legend, to talk about his 800th episode over 16 years. But I don't want you to mistake today's theme to be about podcasting. We're talking about doing hard things. Maybe it's your marriage or the business you founded 
or your path to financial independence? What do you do when the thing you love metaphorically or not so metaphorically wallops you in the face? How do you get past all the emotional bullshit from past traumas, the comparison game, and often lack of success to do the things your heart really desires, the hard things, for years? Dave Jackson is an award-winning Hall of Fame podcaster who has been podcasting since April of 2005. His show, The School of Podcasting, has been downloaded millions of times, and he recently dropped his 800th episode. The man, the myth, the legend, Dave Jackson, I'm so very happy to welcome you to Earn and Invest. Dave, I apologize. I'm going to start you with a little bit of a doozy of a question. Tell me some of the important things you've sacrificed for podcasting. Boy, that's fun because you can say things like television, but you said important things and television isn't important. You can argue that rest and relaxation and giving your brain a break is important, but do I really need to watch, you know, the soup Nazi again? Do I really (laughs) need to see the trouble with tribbles or whatever? You know, so a lot of TV and a lot of just that kind of stuff. I am the guy that will catch himself occasionally watching Ted Nugent videos at two in the morning on YouTube going, wait, I I came here looking for, you know, some demo of a software. How did I end up at California jam 77? I'm better at now. I, I treat YouTube almost like not so much a roach motel. But I know I'm going into a dangerous place. <laughs> Facebook is a dangerous place. And I know why, because they're programmed to suck you in. So I this isn't a sacrifice because I live in Cleveland, but like football and sports, like all our teams pretty much blow. So I'm not really missing anything there. And so I don't get to watch millionaires talk about things that they have absolutely no control over about the other millionaires who are playing a game for the, you know, it just. It's a waste. Of, I don't want to say it's a waste of time. Again, it's an escape. But at times it's been I don't know what I'm missing on Sunday because my family knows not to contact me on Sunday because that's podcast day. So there may be some great things going on. And they're like, oh, we should call Uncle Dave. Oh, you don't want to call Uncle Dave on Sunday because <laughs> he's. we know what the answer is going to be. So those kind of things, I, I think sometimes. But they're, you know, the you have to always with anything weigh the pros and the cons. And so I think it's kind of, it's still bizarre to me that I can say, I'm going to be in whatever beaver mud, Mississippi insert, you know, little cow town somewhere. I'm going to be there in, you know, July, blah, blah, blah. If anybody's around and wants to have dinner, it'd be great. And I always, there's that voice in your head that goes, nobody's going to show up. Nobody's like, nobody's, what do you think? You have a listener in beaver mud? No way. (laughs) And like almost immediately somebody like, I can't believe you're coming to beaver mud. Can we please go to, you know, Chuck's Steakhouse? And I'm like, it's amazing. So those kind of things where you're like, anytime, I mean, I always joke that, and it's true. I started in my brother's basement after getting divorced next to a water heater with a flush pipe behind me, hoping that nobody did laundry. And, you know, that's where I started. And I, I never thought anybody would listen to what I had to say. And I've had, I've had one person that said I saved his life because I gave him purpose when he was ready to blow his brains out. And you're like, wait, hold on. I'm just talking about microphones and bandwidth. Like I, I didn't sign up for that. And, and to a certain extent, your sanity, because you can really, you know, when you talk about 
we want our podcast to be better. And it's so easy to go down. Like when I've, when I've seen people that started long after I started blow by me to where I'm just eating their dust. And I'm like, wait, what, what, what am I doing? Did I, did I miss something somewhere? And so that's kind of hard to get used to, but I always go back to, well, okay, what am I doing? Right. Who am I trying to help? What am I trying to, to give them? What do they need? My, I don't know how I ended up with the teacher gene because I just, it just, that's just what it is when all else fails. Okay. Let's go back to helping people. Cause that, that's somehow gives me the dopamine kick to keep on going. And so I always, I told my ex-wife, I said, you're, you're missing my, like, I'm going to tell you my kryptonite. And she goes, what? I said, start a sentence with, will you help me? I said, because I have a really hard time saying no to that. And she never quite got it. That's, I guess that's some of the things I've sacrificed sleep in the early days in 2005, I was in that, I went down that rabbit hole. I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, well, that can be arranged, you know, if you do that enough. <laughs> so that's a, a really dumb thing where, you know, it's not, I'm not really doing, I'm not serious unless I'm operating on four hours sleep. I mean, that's for, for wimps. That's a real, I don't, the people that push that agenda, I'm like, really, really? That's, that's the uh, culture you want to promote here. So, but those are some of the things I think I've, I've sacrificed. Talking about helping people, let's go back to 2005, sitting in your brother's basement. What was your why? And, and did money have anything to do with it? Oh, yeah. It's, I, I always joke, the very reason that I started the School of Podcasting is the top thing I tell people, don't do this. I was going back to college. I'd been teaching in the corporate world for a decade, but my degree was in electronic engineering. I'd fallen into training. And so I went to get another job in training and they went, you don't have a degree in, edu- in uh, education. And I went, but, but look at my resume. And they went, we don't care. And so I had to go back to school and my brother was nice enough to say, Hey, just stay here. Cause I was getting ready to move into an apartment. He goes, no, just stay here. You get to, you get to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. He goes, just stay here. You're helping with the kids. This is great. You know, you live in the basement. I never see you. And my friend had said, Hey, podcasting is going to be the next big thing. And the other thing they were saying, is memberships are going to be the next big thing. And I went, oh, hmm. So if podcasting is going to be the next big thing, and let's put these two together. So, and I'd seen so many trends that I was like, huh, I should try that. Huh, I should try that. And never took a step. And I was like, doggone it. This time I'm taking a step. That was part of it. It was definitely, I thought this will help me because I'm going to need books. I got to keep myself on a cell phone and car insurance and things like that. So my brother was putting a roof over my head, but I kind of had to provide everything else. And I thought this will be great. And then after about finding 15 people that I would spend five to 10 minutes explaining what a podcast was, and they would say, I'd say, no, you don't need an iPod. No, you don't need this. No, you didn't. It's kind of like, an. I mean, it would take forever. And then when they finally understood what it was, they'd go, yeah, I don't need one of those. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is crazy. So my why was when I had my first podcast, I had a guy from Nuremberg, Germany, Michael Van Lahr, and he had sent me a voicemail. So number one, it's this musician's podcast. Some guy on the other side, I'm in like Cowtown, Ohio, and some guy on the other side of the planet found my show and not only found it, but liked it. And I went, whoa, this is amazing. So it scratched every itch I had. So it was kind of techie. It was as creative as you want to be, because in the early days of podcast, people were, they had smashed the box and lit it on fire. They, it was just, everybody was doing things that were so not radio. So it was 
kind of techie, super creative, and I got to help people. And so I was just like, I, I remember vividly sitting in a chair and thinking, this could change the world. Like this really, if this catches on, there's a huge potential here. And so that's kind of why I jumped in, unfortunately, with the goal to make money quickly. And that is always the the worst reason to start a podcast, unless you've got a list and an audience and everything else. But when you're starting from nothing, it's going to be a little frustrating. And we're talking about doing things that are hard. School of Podcasting dropped episode 800 not that long ago. But back then you were at episode one. How many episodes did you get in before you seriously thought of throwing in the towel? Like, was there a point where you're like, oh, my God, I can't do this? I don't think it was ever. I don't think I've ever really given up on podcasting. I've I've had podcasts that I have quit doing because there just comes a time like right now I'm I'm migrating one of my shows about weight loss to somebody else because I've just run out of different ways to say eat less and exercise more. I'm just bored with it. I've never really gotten that bored with podcasting, but I realized quickly that okay, we're going to need some more streams of income. So that's when I was like, okay, what do I know? What can I do? And I was like, okay, I can help people build websites. I can do guitar lessons. I'm already in a band, you know, all these other things that I could do. So it was just a matter of, okay, so this podcasting thing is going to bring in a little bit of money, but not the money we thought it was going to. I also did something very stupid and I didn't know this yet, right? You don't know the things that you know later. And I said, man, if I could get like 500 people to give me five bucks a month. And so when I opened the school of podcasting, it was five bucks a month. And finally, a very good friend of mine said, hey, Dave, I have a question for you. And I go, and he goes, "Uh, what else can you buy for five bucks on the internet? And I went, oh, that's a good question. He goes, yeah. He goes, you know why nobody's signing up? Because there's no way that has any value because it's five bucks. He goes, I got that in my couch cushions. So that was when I went, oh, and that's where you just, you learn by doing things and having good friends that tell you when you're doing stupid stuff. That's when I learned, I was like, okay, this, I still think this has potential, not, not because it's not going as fast as I want because I'm bad because I'm getting good feedback. It's just that nobody else on the planet knows what a podcast is yet. And so I remember it took about three years to where I finally started reaching people that said, Hey, have have you heard a podcast? And they go, Oh yeah, I listened to the daily source code or I was like, really? Wow. Okay, cool. I'm like, have you ever thought of starting your own? And it was, you know, you just learn as you go along. Really. It sounds like when you started part of your idea of what success was, was making fast money that obviously changed. How did it evolve over those first few years? Like from making money, what became your definition of being successful as a podcaster? The thing that stops most people from starting a podcast is not the cost of the microphone. It's not the learning curve of what the heck is an RSS feed. It's getting out of their own way. I have a guy this year that has fought in two, has flown, he's a pilot, has, has fought in multiple wars, is a keynote speaker. And I could not get him to press record. And I sat down and talked to him and he, I realized, he said, he said, you got to understand in the military, the, like the last thing you want to do is look stupid. And I said, okay, well, you sign up for my membership site. Do you think I'm going to let you look stupid? I said, because if you look stupid, I kind of look stupid. I said, and I'm willing to work like side by side, however close you want me to work with you, I will work with you. And, you know, I think he just released episode eight and he's like, Dave, I can't believe this. I got 500 people listening already. I go, I told you, you had good content. So, but I see that more and more. I I watched a, 
a thing on Netflix once with Garth Brooks. And here's a guy that had just been awarded in New York, like the top selling, like country artist, blah, 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 you know, all sorts of accolades. And he's hidden himself in a hotel room because he's got to do a concert in uh, Central Park. Like in front of a million people, right? I think I yeah. remember that. Yeah. yeah. And he's convinced that nobody's going to show up. And so fine. And he's got the curtains pulled the whole nine yards. And so finally his wife goes out. She says, I have to look. And he, she comes back and he goes, Oh, she goes, Garth, they, they had to move the, the barricades or something like that. He goes, Oh, cause, cause nobody's here. She's like, Oh no, no, they've already, <laughs> they, they've already ran out of room. And he talks to this one guy and, and he said, uh, well, as of a half hour ago, there were like 750,000 people here. And he goes, wait, you're, you're telling me there's 750,000 people here now. And he goes, no, no, I'm telling you where there's 750,000 people 30 minutes ago. And so it's just, it was so much fun to watch that because we all have imposter syndrome, I think in some ways or another, something has happened that threw us a curveball. I I end up walking people, I think a lot through that. It's like, I try to create a safe space that like, look, I'm going to probably give you some, some tips on how this could be better and this and that it's, it's nothing personal. And I'm just, we just have to make sure, because I don't want you to waste your time. I don't want you to put out a podcast. That's, I think my favorite flop is the Lone Ranger with Johnny Depp. You know, they'd had the hamburger meal and, and all the toys and everything like that. There was only one problem, and that was a horrible movie. And so it doesn't matter how much you promote that. If it's not going to get the result that you want the consumer to get, you know, it's not any good. So let's talk about some of those curveballs. I listened to episode 800 of the School of Podcasting. And I noticed it was different. In fact, you yourself stated that you were breaking the format even from the moment you started the episode. It was a bit more somber, I think, than most of your episodes. Why now for you? What was special about that episode 800? And why was it time to be a little more serious? Yeah, every 100 episodes, I break format. So in episode 400, I was kidnapped by a morning zoo crew called Binky and the Wiz. So it's all, all theater episode 500. So episode 800, I was kind of like, all right, well, what are we going to talk about? And I was at a conference and the, the topic of mental health and the fact that people have just come to the conclusion that, you know, podcasting is hard. I had a, a guy send me a 10 minute voicemail that said, I don't think the gurus are being a hundred percent honest with how much time it takes to, to do this. And he wasn't, he was kind of pointing the finger, but he's kind of like lumping me in with all this other stuff. So there was that and just stuff that people just, I I always, there's a a running gag and Joe Pardo started it, but he refers to me as the Dave Jackson. It's like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's the Dave Jackson. And I'm like, I I don't know what that means. I go, I tell them at the grocery store and my groceries are not free. So like, what's, what's the deal with that? And so, and I've heard people say things, there was a, a thing once somebody said, do we really need to hear Dave Jackson? talk again at an event. And I was like, can we pick on somebody else? Because Dave Jackson works really hard on those talks and make sure he delivers. And so I thought, and I I guess I just see in some cases, other people getting into the space because of the money, because of the hundred hundred thousand that or hundred million or a lot of money that Joe Rogan got that they're like, oh, there's money over there. We should come over there and try to get some of that. And they just spew puppy dogs and rainbows. You know, there are a lot of unbelievably talented musicians in Nashville, Tennessee. They followed their dream. They moved to Nashville and they're bartenders. 
So when I hear people say, oh, just get a microphone and follow your passion and, you know, money will fall from heaven. I was like, okay, I don't want to be the guy that is kind of get off my lawn or I'm not here to just pee in your Cheerios, but let's talk, let's talk real podcasting here. And so I, I, I mentioned the fact that it's not the reason that I'm not married anymore, but it was definitely a factor when, um, when I'm so passionate about helping people that my ex-wife is jealous of my podcast, that's a problem. And I, I did many things to try to solve that. But in the end, we were, well, that's a long story. But anyway, there's that. And just the fact that it does take time to do this right. I mean, I could fart into my microphone right now into this one well, on the microphone. That'd be weird. Please, but please the, don't. <laughs> yeah, the, the phone, you know, I could fart into that and it would be on Apple by tomorrow. So creating a podcast is not hard. Creating a good podcast, though, takes a little thought and effort. And I thought, well, let's just talk about this. And then in the process of researching mental health entrepreneur, I got hit with a flood of stuff that's like, oh, did you know that entrepreneurs have this really high suicide rate? And I was like, well, I wasn't going to talk about that. But since we're here and we're kind of trying to be real, my biggest worry was that people are going to think, oh, look, Dave's playing the vulnerable card. He's going to peel back the curtain. Ooh, look. And I was like, no, I, I don't talk about this stuff because who wants to hear about this all the time? But it is kind of a special occasion. So let's take a second to be a little more real. And I just realized that either A, the people that tuned in to hear about bandwidth downloads and microphones are going to go, this is awful. And then other people might go, oh, wait a minute. This is my, my, I hate to say fans, my audience, my listeners, people that like to listen to Dave Jackson have emailed me and said, that was like a really cool episode because you told the truth. And I was like, well, that's one of the things I've been saying this year. I think one of the things that is going to be a real problem in the world, not just America, we're going to lose track of the truth because as much as I love to believe in science, science used to have a one guy do a test and then he would hand his findings over to another scientist who do the same test and say, I got the same results. And that doesn't seem to happen anymore. It's just like, oh, I did this test. Of course, it was funded by the people behind me. And it turns out that this report says those people are great. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> time out on that. So I decided to, to pull back the curtain and it was awkward. It was kind of weird. But I was like, well, that's, that's the whole point of this. We're going to break format and do something different. And we'll see what happens. When you do something different, you're either going to end up with a great success if you're trying to have some sort of goal or something like that, or a great story, which is also kind of a success. So I just thought, well, it's it's time to break format. And it's one of those things you you start, you're like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna break my format every hundred episodes. I'm gonna do something different, not realizing that you're gonna do that eight times. Like I am I'm already going, what am I gonna do on 900? I'm running out of ideas. <laughs> so that was the thought behind that. Let's talk a little bit about the breaking format, because you did a few interesting things. And I definitely want to talk about the mental health aspect. But before we do, you did go into a decent amount of detail about your second marriage. You said that it's not easy to be married and have a podcast. What does that mean exactly? There's a dopamine kick. There, it has to be. I know there is, because I've had, I had a woman who, who called me up and said, I want to start a podcast. Technology hates me. I'm never going to do this, but I want you to help me. And I went, oh, we can do it. 
And she called me up months later. Dave, I'm in iTunes. I can't you tell you. You said I could do it. I'm in iTunes. I was like, I told you. That was a, I mean, I like money. That was such a huge to take somebody from, I can't do this to holy cow. I'm in, I'm doing it. That's hard to do. And once you do it, you want to do it again. It's like a good roller coaster ride. You're like, Ooh, I've done that now. And you get confident. So the other problems then when you are married and this is, it doesn't matter what your job is. We decided to have date night, which is a great idea. By the way, you just tell your kids, Hey, guess what? Hamburger helper, whatever you want. It's yours. Have, have fun. We're going to date night. And if we really wanted to get crazy and this is nuts, we would leave our phones in the car <laughs> and we would just be us too. The problem is when you have date night so that you could reconnect together, what you don't want to do is argue about the other six days of the week. You, you want to be the best kind of partner you can so that the person on the other side of the table wants to spend more time with you. You're like, oh, I miss that. I want more of that. Let's have two date nights. Instead, if you have a date night and all you do is complain about the other six days, you're like, okay, is, is date night over yet? I want to go back and help people. So it can be kind of tough. And the other thing I've noticed, said the guy who has lost track of how many podcasts he has, when you do one, you want to start a second one and a third and, and a fourth and things like that. And before you know it, and that's easy to fall into because you're like, oh, well, I know how to make a podcast and you do, and you know how to publish it in the whole iTunes and Apple and all that stuff. The problem is making a podcast is not hard. Making a good one is. And part of that is then marketing it. And that's the problem. There's still only 24 hours a day and you're still trying to market the first podcast. And now you got to market the second one. And unless you got a team helping you, that gets a little crazy. So it's, it's kind of an addictive uh, hobby, I guess is the same way maybe golf is, right? If you had a really good round, you want to go out and do another one. It can be a little tricky. And I've tried, I know when I was with my second wife, I tried to start a podcast with her, hoping she would then get the bug and understand, you know, like here, here, honey, the first one's free, you know, but it can be tricky depending on who you're married to. And it takes all, any kind of marriage. It's, it's all about communication. And uh, apparently I've failed twice on that. So. We are talking with Dave Jackson. He's a hall of fame award-winning podcaster at the school of podcasting. We are talking about podcasting as a metaphor for doing difficult things. We're going to take a short break. I'm Doc G and this is the earn and invest podcast. All right. So most of us know the bad news already. If you were using Mint as a budgeting app, it has shut down. But the good news is there's something better and it's called Monarch Money. I started using Monarch Money myself about five months ago and I knew immediately that I liked it more than any other budgeting app I had ever used. For one, it focuses on collaboration. This is easy to share with your spouse, your partner, your financial advisor. And it's aspirational. Not only can you look at your current budget, but what do you want to buy? What do you want your goals to be? You can focus on those in Monarch Money. It's the next generation of personal finance apps. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. 
Furthermore, you can create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner, and now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash earn. Again, that's monarchmoney.com slash E-A-R-N. What I like about this app is it's intuitive, easy to use, quick to sign on. It's collaborative, as we talked about. It's customizable. The idea is you can use this app the way you want to use it. And the reason why is the Monarch Money team is customer focused. They are focusing on you, me, and all the other people who want to use this app to live a better financial life. After trying out Monarch Money for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com earn. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-A-R-N for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to remind you that if you're enjoying the Earn and Invest podcast, there are a few other ways in which you can interact with our community. The first is our Facebook group. This is the place where we discuss all our episodes of personal finance, today's headlines. Just go to earnandinvest.com slash Facebook. Again, that's earnandinvest.com slash Facebook. While you're there, you can also go to earnandinvest.com. That is my website where you can find all of our old episodes, some blog posts, as well as video content. We'd love to see you there. You can join our newsletter. Also, my new website, jordangrummet.com, that's J-O-R-D-A-N-G-R-U-M-E-T.com, is now live. And there you can go to find out everything about the book launch, which is scheduled for August 2022. My book, Taking Stock, is about the confluence of my knowledge as a personal finance podcaster as well as end of life as a hospice doctor. I talk about the stories, what I've learned from taking care of people as they've near death and what that has taught them about money and happiness. Check us out at any of these places, and I'd love to see you become part of our community. Now back to the show. We are talking to Dave Jackson. He just released episode 800 of the School of Podcasting, and we are talking about doing difficult things. Dave, before the break, we discussed this idea of mental health in podcasters, as well as we see the same problem in entrepreneurs. It's kind of an isolating process going out and building your first podcast. Why do you think it leads to mental health problems? I think part of it is, especially for me when I first started, nobody else was doing a podcast. So there was nobody, one of the things that really like when you went to that first podcast conference and you didn't have to explain what a podcast was to somebody, you were like, ah, I'm with my tribe. And so it's still kind of that way. Even if people understand what a podcast is as a listener, they don't know what it is to to make one. And so there are times when you want to vent that, uh, you know, the stupid recorder didn't work and I ran out of room on the SD card and all like nobody understands that. And so I think that can be kind of isolating when you are in Facebook groups. And for the record, everyone lies about their stats. I know because I see their stats <laughs> and they go, we've got 4,000. I'm like, no, you don't. I just looked. So I don't know why that is, but that's a, a thing that happens. So the whole comparison to other comparing people to other 
people can just, I've seen people that will literally say, I can't believe I got 300 downloads on my last episode. This is amazing. And I'm like, holy cow, that's like 15 classrooms of people. That would be half a building in my old place. And they're like, I can't believe I did this. I'm so glad I started this. Somebody will walk by and, and lie about their stats. And that same person turns into the witch of the Wizard of Oz and just, I'm melting. Ah! Like, wait, wait, wait. Like, like literally two minutes ago, you were ecstatic that you had 300 downloads. And that just, oh, that just kills me. So that's, that's something can do that. And I think it's a lot of it. I, I think we come in with unrealistic expectations, which I, I've done on multiple shows that I've like, oh, I'm going to, I started a show about customer service and I had this delusions of grandeur where I had a, I had a background, I'd won award in customer service. I'm going to start this show. I'm going to go into businesses and be a consultant. And I did about five episodes and I realized on the fifth episode, I sounded like a grumpy old man. I was just like, I went into McDonald's today and nobody even said hello. (laughs) I was just like, okay. And I just, I wasn't having any fun. It really wasn't what I was about. And I, again, in, in the, this is not a myth. Most people do about seven episodes and they quit because by then you're like, well, I, I thought I was going to be this customer service guru and, people be calling me now to come in and share my awesome knowledge with their company. And of course I haven't made any phone calls yet. I'm expecting them to call me and I haven't been on Jimmy Fallon yet. You know, it's like all this stuff. And I think that's sometimes the stuff that, that sucks the wind out of us a little bit. You mentioned some information on episode 800 about suicide rates and depression and also talked about impulsivity. And what's the connection between impulsivity and podcasters? And I think we see this also in entrepreneurs that kind of puts us at risk. Yeah. Well, I, I said we have one episode and then all of a sudden we go, you know what? I'm going to start a second one. And this one's going to be, and, and we don't stop to think, is that a good idea? Like, do we really, have we, have we come up with a business plan for that yet? But boy, we jump into it and, you know, I'm talking into a brand new microphone that I needed like a hole in the head, but it was on sale, you know? <laughs> So I think we're a little impulsive. And I think part of that comes from creativity, maybe you're like, cause you want to go, Ooh, what would happen if this did then this? So we, we try things before we think about them, I think in some cases, or we go, Hey, you know, if nothing else, you'll get a good story out of it. So you jump into it. And I think we forget, especially about the fact that there's only 24 hours in a day. If we have a, a family of some sort that the extra time that it's going to take to do whatever this new project is, you forgot to maybe fly that by your family. And so you're cutting in that time out. And, and so that's when you do the whole, well, I'll just sleep when I'm dead. Okay. Well, now you're going to make even worse decisions because you're sleep deprived. So I think that whole, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'm going to hustle. I think that just leads us into a bad place where all of a sudden we've painted ourselves into the corner. And for us to admit, oh, maybe I shouldn't have started that fourth podcast as we drink our 12th can of Red Bull. <laughs> and for me to get out of this corner, I have to go, okay, I made some bad decisions. And if we do that, well, then, then I'll lose my credibility and all this other stuff. And it's like, so we go, well, there's only, and then we get depressed because we're mad because, well, who made the bad decisions? We did, you know, I did dog on it. I made another bad decision. And, you know, and so I think that's where those things kind of come hand in hand that can lead us into the corner. And like I said, I see some really bad advice out there. When I, when I see the whole hustle, I don't see that as much as I used to, 
But I like Gary V. He's an interesting guy. But there was a time when I was like, dude, you seem to be Captain Hustle and, you know, do this and that. And I was like, mm, I, I get that. I understand that there are people that need a little nudge. But when they're already doing everything they can, you know, sometimes it's just going to take a little longer for that dream to get to you. But at least you'll be there to to experience the dream as opposed to nobody. You mentioned Gary V, and that reminds me of this whole idea of the comparison culture. You make the point in that episode about how comparison is the thief of joy. Tell me how that sometimes makes hard things harder. I mean, when it comes to podcasting, what do you think comparison does to people? I mean, you mentioned a little bit already, right? You talked about this whole comparing different numbers of downloads, but how does it affect people in general? Well, usually because of something, you know, you started off the show with your story about your father. I mean, one of the things that it's, I mean, literally this was 50 years ago and I sat next to a guy named Mark in first grade and Mark had a birthday party and everyone got invited except me. Now, because my mom was my mom, she called and and got a ticket, (laughs) right? But to this day, I'm kind of like, was that a mistake? Or like, did Mark just seriously just cheese me off and just like, and, and once I finally got over that in second grade, I had a crush on Andrea. It's Valentine's day. Everybody gets a Valentine, right? Everybody knows that way. Nobody feels left out. And I went through all my, my Valentines and I had one from everyone except Andrea. And those, and like, look, I, it's whatever, who cares? It's a Valentine, right? You, you kind of like, ash, Valentine, Valentine. But yet there's that little voice that anytime something that you need to put yourself out there, you need to be a little courageous. All those little things that for whatever reason bugged you are going to come back and go, are you sure you want to do that? Because, you know, Andrea didn't give you a Valentine. And you're like, oh, shut up. But there's that <laughs> little seed in your head. So I think that's part of it that we... It's the same thing with podcasting. I could have a bazillion, you know, five-star, I, I have, I don't know, however many five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, but I can, I can quote like scripture, the one-star review, right? A really bad show for a really bad advertisement for a really bad show. I have it memorized. So we love to hang on to that negative stuff so that we can tear ourselves down. It's like, wait, I need more baggage to carry. Can I give me another 50 pounds on my back <laughs> as I try to climb this mountain? I don't know why we do it. I just know we do it. And that's the hard part of going, wait a minute. I I started a a folder in my Gmail. So if somebody sends me some really nice words, I put it there because there are going to be times when I'm trying to let go of the baggage on my back and I can't. And if I start to read those, it kind of helps a little bit like, okay, I can't be, can't be that bad because Susan said I was good and, Mm -hmm. and Mark said I was okay. And, you know, so it's, I don't know why we are that way. It's, I think there are two things you either have parents who maybe didn't give you enough hugs and, and we've all been there. And then you also have like my, one of the reasons I move forward, my grandma convinced me that I'm going to do great things. Like, she's like, you cannot lose. Now this is funny because Andrew Jackson, really not a great president, but she's like, (laughs) she's like, your middle name is Andrew. Your uh, first name is David. He was a King in the Bible. She's like, you are destined for great things. And as a six, seven-year-old kid, you go, all right, cool. Thanks, grandma. Didn't know that. I'm going to write that down. So it's it's funny. So you have one end that's convinced you that you can't do anything. And you have another side that's convinced you that you'll never lose. So it's a matter of trying to, to balance that and realize that there are those times when 
you know, things don't work out. One of the things I did, I've been divorced twice. And in both cases, I sat down for a good year before I even thought about dating again to go, let's make sure we can wring as much information out of this before we go back in. The one thing I learned after my second divorce, and I didn't know it until I had been married twice, I'm attracted to people who I feel need help because I'm a teacher and I like to help people. And then I want to help them and change them from the way they are. And the problem is people don't really change much. So if you, you know, if you married somebody that smokes, there's a really good chance that um, they're going to smoke pretty much for the majority of, of the marriage. So it gets tough that way. But if you do something and it's not entirely as successful as you want, okay, well, that's good, but let's, let's figure out what we can, can gain from it. So maybe you didn't succeed in the, the goal, but you did succeed in learning something new that can help you achieve something else. I think back to my introduction, what drives me so often is that sense of not feeling good enough because I think as a child, I really struggled with dealing with my father's death. And then hearing you talk about your relationship issues with this idea of finding people who need help because you have this need, this deep inner need to teach. It makes me realize that when we do hard things, we often run afoul of our own deeply held beliefs. We've already talked about the fact that monetization is not a great way to define success in podcasting. Apparently, neither is comparison. So what are some kind of good, healthy ways to define success if you're a new podcaster or for that matter, doing anything kind of new that you're passionate about? Well, when you start a, a podcast, there are a couple, you know, monetization might be one of them. In some cases, if you're doing a podcast and you're just trying to get the message out about something, when you hear somebody say, hey, I learned this on your podcast, you are succeeding. You know, if you are doing a podcast because you just want to talk about Batman in the basement and your cousin comes over and you do an episode talking about Batman and you're in the basement, congratulations, you have a very successful show. So there are all sorts of ways to to do that. I think what I see a lot of is some podcasters that don't have huge numbers, but are their their hosts consider themselves successful is they have found a audience that's underserved. And so I have a, a member of the school of podcasting right now. She's married to a guy who's in the final stages of Alzheimer's. And she's like, I'm going to start a podcast about Alzheimer's, but it's going to be for the spouses of, of the patient. She's like, because, and I said, that's great. I said, because there are a bunch of people, the only people that know what that's like are the people that are in the exact shoes that you're in. There's a, a show called adoptees on by Haley Radke. And I, I, every time I say this, I, I just want to cry, but there are people that spend years looking up their birth parents only to find them and be rejected again. And I was like, wait, what? Cause that's not the way it was on the Hallmark channel. <laughs> uh, you know, but the only uh -huh. people that know what that's like are people that are in those shoes. So I'm seeing these kind of small, smaller groups, but I always say podcasting is more like the, like cable TV than it is radio. Right, cable TV has Animal Planet and ESPN Seven, right, <laughs> featuring some obscure sport. The Weather Channel, the Baking Channel. None of these have giant numbers like you know NBC, ABC, and CBS. But there are people. I have a friend of mine that just 
like is addicted to the weather channel and i'm like the weather channel he's like oh you gotta watch their graphics are amazing and i was like okay so i think sometimes podcasters when we think of the joe rogans of the world and getting a zillion downloads and things like that number one don't forget that joe rogan started his career in 1989 so he did not start it last week but we see these big giant numbers and i'm like well that's okay if you brought an audience like joe did and maybe if you were on TV multiple times, like Joe was, and you were a comedian like Joe is, you know, so let's be realistic and find that audience that I think so many times we start a podcast and we try to find an audience. Let's think about, is there an audience out there that needs a podcast? I think that sometimes would be a better way to go. I want to talk a few minutes about your experience podcasting over the years There was a particular point in that 800th episode where you talked about your mom dying when you were 24, and you said something to the extent of, I wish I could have had a do-over, but I was 24 years old, and now I know better because you know I'm in my 50s, et cetera. Let me compare that to podcasting. Is there anything you wish that you could have a do-over on, on the kind of evolution of your podcasting? Yeah. When I started off, again, there wasn't any money in it. And so for a while, if somebody said, do you know anybody that could edit this podcast? I'd be like, yeah, me. And I would do that. And after a while, as I was, you know, I was at that point, I was putting myself through school and I was like, hmm. And I started giving that stuff to friends. I'm like, oh, my friend, John's an editor. John, here, have a, have a free customer. And John was like, wow, that's great. If I know anybody that needs consulting, I'll send them your way. Well, the problem is, people of of John's customers, if they want any consulting, they kind of want it from John. They've got the relationship with John and not that I'm not a bad consultant, but I should have set up a deal with John to say, Hey, for every person I send, let's say you charge them $60 an episode. Can I get 10 of that or something like some kind of let's, let's turn this into a business that's ongoing that's one that I've done with multiple different things at the beginning that I'm like, man, if I had done that for 16 years, that, that would have added up a, a little bit. I learned, said the guy that literally just bought a microphone. I have another drawer. I have, I can see four right now sitting here, microphones that, and I preach all the time. It's not the tech. Cause you know why it's not the tech, but I do realize that I kind of like the way my vi- my voice sounds a little more with this, which makes you feel a little more confident. But when I started off, I went through just boatloads of gear and I wouldn't even had this except they had three months, same as cash. And we, who can turn that down, doggone it, on a financial podcast? I feel embarrassed to say that. Any other redos? Maybe, like I said, I've started too many podcasts. Many of them I start to test stuff. Like I do a, a podcast called the Podcast Rodeo Show, and I had no time for a new podcast. But there was a new player on the on the in the space. And I was like, oh, I really want to see how that works. So I created a podcast that needs no prep. And I just grab a random podcast. And then I tell you what I think about it. And that, that kind of stuff, again, impulsive, not really thought through that you kind of end up painting yourself into a corner. So I think sometimes I wish I wasn't quite so impulsive. And it's weird. Cause on one hand, I would say I don't have a ton of self-confidence, but on the other hand, I do stuff because I think I'm Superman and I'm like, (laughs) I'll figure it out. So I I need to find that balance. And that, again, we talk about doing hard things. I think that's it because 
sometimes you need to pass the gas, but not that far. And sometimes you need to hit the brake, but not that hard. And it's that fine dance of how do I maybe think about this, make sure it's a good idea, then move as opposed to, ooh, that looks like a good idea. Yep, I think so. I mean, my my very first entrepreneurial thing I had done uh, and made these self-starting CDs that when you put them in, it would give you like the history of Dave Jackson. At the end, there was a quiz that would say, uh, question A, call and schedule an interview with Dave Jackson. Answer B, call and schedule an interview with Dave Jackson. And it worked. I got hired. And so I went and put these online. It's the digital resume and had this whole website made and this whole nine yards. And then I did market research. Again, the impulsive thing, right? I did market research and found out that not only did I not invent the digital resume, but there were a lot of people (laughs) that were doing it a lot better and a lot cheaper. So I think that's, again, part of being creative is, is I think what fuels the impulsiveness maybe sometimes you're like, Oh, that sounds like fun. That'll be great. And then you don't realize that you're burning an asset to do that. And that's your time and, and things of that nature. So sometimes, and I think that's, that's the hard part. How do you go fast, but not too fast? How do you go forward smart, but not have a a paralysis through analysis? They're, they're all, it's a, it's a balance. For me, Dave, the most joyous part of podcasting is that exhilarating feeling I get and and somewhat the fear right before I hit that record button. What is it for you? What's the most joyous part? The most joyous part. It's funny because you mentioned that. I can tell when I'm not super confident with my material because I will be eating Raisin Bran at 1230 at night. And I'm like, why am I in the kitchen? I'm not hungry. I'm like, ah, I'm a little nervous about hitting publish on this. For me, it's weird because it usually happens the opposite. Like my 800th episode, I knew there were going to be some people that were going to say, that was really cool. It wasn't going to be everybody, but I knew the people that it resonated with, it was going to resonate even more. So when I put that out and literally the next day I woke up and there were three emails in my inbox that said, that was really cool. Because number one, it only been out for eight hours. So the fact that they even found it, this was somebody who subscribed and got it. So it's like, oh, cool. Now I know your name because I know who a listener is. So when I'm talking to my invisible friend across the table, I can put your name there next time. That's always fun. When you put something out that you go, I'm pretty sure they're going to like this. And then you get instant feedback that, yeah, we like that. That was really, really cool. Because usually it's the opposite. It's the ones that I put out that I go, oh, I, I think this is okay. Like I'm getting ready to do an episode about the Beatles get back and how it applies to podcasting. And that's not going to resonate with everybody. And I'm I'm pretty sure tomorrow when I hit eh, publish, I'm like, eh, okay, I hope that's good enough. And that may be one that just resonates with other people. And I have done shows where I'm like, they are going to love this. And I hit publish and it's just nothing but crickets. So it's always kind of fun when you do the one and you go, I think, man, I'm happy to, to give them this. And then you wake up the next morning and you've already gotten feedback. That's, that's cool. That just lets you know, Hey, I'm, you know what I am doing. Some things right. Apparently. Dave, I just wanted to thank you for coming on the show. We're talking about doing things that are hard. Podcasting is certainly one of them. And I think about your evolution and trajectory of 800 episodes and realize that if you had quit, if you hadn't done this hard thing, I certainly wouldn't be having this conversation with you today, but also the quality of my podcasting wouldn't have been as good. Maybe I wouldn't have stuck with it. Maybe I wouldn't have found as much joy as I do today. Part of that has come from listening to your wisdom. So thank you for putting it out there. 
I want to end this episode the way I end every episode by asking you what's up next in your life. And certainly if people want to interact with you more, how they can reach out to you. So first and foremost, what is happening with you in the school of podcasting in the near future? I am, I don't know if it would be podcasting, like school of podcasting 2.0. It's probably more like 3.0, but I'm moving to a new, let's go on a different platform. Right now I'm using Teachable. I'm moving, or I'm sorry, right now I'm using Thinkific. I'm moving to Teachable. And in the process of doing that, I'm updating a huge amount of the videos. Not that they were bad, but like when you're planning your podcast has a video view that's square, not rectangle, because it was done in 2006 and your hair was black. You're like, hmm, I might want to update that one. <laughs> that's what's coming up. And I have some ideas. I might, right now, the School of Podcasting is always open. I'm sniffing the idea cautiously this time that maybe I might do the whole thing where it opens for a little bit, send a group through all at the same time, close the doors, and then open it up like once a quarter kind of thing. I'm sniffing that idea. I'm like, hmm, fear missing out. Okay. It's like, all right, we might try that a little bit. So I'm, I'm talking to some, some people like that. So that's, those are some of the things that are coming up in uh, 2022. And how can people reach you if they want to learn more or contact you? Yeah. Schoolofpodcasting.com has all my info. This has been the Earn and Invest Podcast. On behalf of myself, Doc G, I wanted to thank Dave Jackson of the School of Podcasting. That's a wrap. Awesome. Now I leave things running just for any after show, any conversation okay. we have. First and foremost, is there anything I missed? Anything you want to talk about we didn't? Uh, no. Here, here are my notes. <laughs> when you make a mistake and you say, "I was going to do the call to," I was going to do the call to action. I would just, I, just explain to your people like if I make a mistake, I'm going to pause for about two seconds and then say the same thing again. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if it was me, I was like, "Oh, you're gonna hate yourself when you go to edit that out." Because there's <laughs> like a there's like a half a second there. I was like, "Just, yeah. just I didn't leave it. enough pause." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and your intro is amazing. Your the 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 whole make your guest feel like just any kind of anxiety is like, no, just do, do whatever you want. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, but no, man, it was good. Yeah, no, no. I it was um I was really happy with the conversation. I feel like. I was one of those people who listened to episode 800 and I'm like, this is it, right? So I was one of the people who fell into that category. So I knew immediately I wanted to have that conversation with you because there was just so much good stuff there. Um, yeah, yes, just, you can't do that episode every day. But yeah, and I just, once I, 100 I, for sure. It's hard to... Uh, I And I, I have been called, you know, a curmudgeon because number one, I'm a middle-aged white guy. So like everybody hates me. I'm either a pedophile or, you know, a racist, whatever. Um, and so when I see people come into the space that, in my honest opinion, may not have the best interest of this podcast person who has probably a great message and this and that. And I just like, you know, please don't prey on this person. This, this, this is a good person. Please don't come over here and take their money and, you know, tell them to buy a blue Yeti and money will fall from heaven. So I get at times um, a, a little protective, I guess, in a way. And I, I don't believe I, I had a great light bulb uh, 
where I was talking to Mark Bologna, who does a, a book called uh, Beyond Bourbon Street. And he used to send me people. He was like, hey, if anybody wants a podcast, I'm sending them to you. And I got to, I was interviewing for my book and he said, uh, hey, I've got to talk to you about something. This could be kind of awkward. And I go, what? And he goes, well, I sent somebody to you and uh, man, you did a great job. She's got a podcast. And I'm like, okay, where does this get awkward? He goes, I asked her, how was it? And she said, oh, Dave was great. It's amazing. She goes, but um, I, I kind of wanted you to teach me. And he says, and I, and he said, so if somebody else asked me, he goes, I just want to, is like, is it okay if like, you know, I teach them? And, and at first, like me, like five years ago would have been, how dare you? Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, look, Mark, she's got the relationship with you. She trusts you. Of course she wants you to teach her how to podcast. I said, so I can't teach everybody. I want to, but <laughs> it's cool. So, um, and that's one of the things I, I, I try to get out of it, but I decided not to get out of it. I took a job at my church to help them do quarterly events. And I actually went to them and said, I, I don't have time to do this. I really don't have time. And they said, no, it's only once a quarter. And a half the reason I took it is because the people that run this church, I've known forever. I love them to death, but I have to say hard things to them. And the only reason I took this job is I need more practice in mm-hmm. awkward conversations. Yeah. And I've already had a couple and it's been fun to go, you know, normally a church that has 112 members can support one pastor. <laughs> uh, we have 18 members and we have two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to put that there and let you guys <laughs> figure out what to do with it. Um, so that's, that's the stuff that gets a little weird. And I just was like, all right, let's talk about this. Cause I, I think, I think part of it too was, you know, the whole, the Dave Jackson thing. Like all I do is say, I want to speak. And everybody's like, Oh, part the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Enter the Dave Jackson. I'm like, no, no, I get turned down quite a bit, you know, um, that I just wanted to not be like a pity party, but just like, hey, just so you know, this isn't as easy as it looks. Yeah, it doesn't. So, it doesn't come across a pity party. Yeah. <laughs> and um, when I talked to Glenn uh, the weekend before, I said, I'm thinking of doing this. And he's like, oh, he goes, yeah, he goes, we need somebody to 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 tell the truth. Yeah. And he goes, because this, as Glenn put it, he goes, this shit is hard, man. And I go, yes, yes, it is. So, and I always, I sometimes worry that I'm going to be like, oh, don't, don't ask Dave. He'll just say, no, he hates everything. And I'm like, no, not everything, but I just want a little realistic, you know, to it. So, and and um, you know what, uh, a thought, like when someone refers to as the Dave Jackson, mm -hmm. um, I know like when I do that, it's to show someone my pure gratitude or belief in their product outside of all those traditions. So we have all these traditional ways to say we're famous, we're great, we have a great product, et cetera. We have downloads, we have how much money we make, et cetera. I often do that when I'm saying, hey, I have no idea what those numbers are for you. I have no idea if you're beloved or no one knows your name. But to me, you're the guy I would go to when I want the straight shit, right? So I know when I do that, it's like I'm saying, what I'm saying to you is, this is my respect and gratitude. I don't care what anyone else says. I know quality. And if if you are not the most famous blown up guy in the world, it's because other people <laughs> don't recognize the quality yeah. I'm seeing here. You know what I mean? Well, I'll take that. That's uh, the, well, the one thing I did when I started the podcast rodeo show, and I would just be honest, like I had a guy, the last one I just did, uh, he said, you know, my guest has such a wide background. I don't even know where to start. And I hit stop and I go, that's your job. You're introducing the guest. You know who he is. You know who your audience is. 
figure out how to introduce this guy. You know, and he said, man, that made me laugh. And I'm like, well, I'm just like, this is because nobody wants to. And I'm not trying. I always say, look, I, I'm not looking for shows to hate, but everybody like my show, I'm sure somebody could say, what's this thing with the thing and the no, just, yeah. you know, you just need an outsider point of view. But more and more people said, wow, you're actually saying what I think. And nobody does that. And then I did it once live in Nashville and people lost their mind that I would actually say to someone's face. Yeah. yeah, This whole thing at the beginning where you're talking about French toast, nobody cares. The title of the show was how to make money with audacity. Why are you talking about French toast? If you're like, I can't believe you said that. I'm like, well, it's like, I'm just giving, I'm trying to help them make a better show. And that's when I started to realize that it was okay to actually voice your opinion because you can either agree with me or or not, and feel free not to listen. But apparently people like it when you voice your opinion, as long as your opinion is go kill everyone or, you know, hate speech, et cetera. But I was like, huh, all right, maybe I'll start being a little more opinionated and see what happens. You know what you've done really well, which makes it all okay, is you're Mm. very clear what your intentions are, right? You say it right up at the top of your show. My intention is to have you make the best show possible where people don't stop at three seconds in. Right. Like, so I know that's your intention. So I, as a listener, I'm like, okay, that's Dave's intention. So if he does give me the straight stuff, right? like I'm much more likely to say, okay, that's coming from a good place because Dave wants me to have a fantastic show. Dave, Dave's yeah. not saying this to cut me down. He's not saying it because he wants to have his show be more popular than mine. Dave is saying yeah. this because he truly, and, and you've been real clear about that. Yeah. I always try to explain my why too. Like, I'm like, here's why I think this is a bad idea. Yada, 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 yada. Now, if this is wrong, if I'm basing my opinion on something that I'm not aware of, please let me know. I'll be happy to change my opinion. But right now I just think it's this, this, and that. And when I know that, why would I do this? And people go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I understand why you think that now. So, And, and believe it or not, as much as I, I love your podcast, I don't listen to all your advice, which means, again, I, everybody fine. has the right to listen and, and take out what means something for them in their position. So, for instance, there's some things that I probably do that I've heard you say, eh, you may or may not want to do that, but I find that it works with what I'm doing at the time. And Bingo. so, yeah, but but I would be much worse off if I had never heard that opinion. Right. So now I can actually question and say, okay, does this really add to my show? Because Dave is saying it's probably not that important. And now I have to go look at my show and say, well, does it add? Does it not add? Does it distract? Am I stopping the flow of my show? And Mm. that process is invaluable, whether I go with your final, you know, idea or not. Yeah. The, the guy was talking about his show is the, um, mm, it was kind of paranormal, um, Mm. witchcrafty stuff. 13 minutes in after he tells me how his guest, was part of the company that came up with Virginia is for lovers and the gecko Geico or Geico gecko. <laughs> yeah. 13 minutes in this guy's great, 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 great grandma was hanged as a witch. Hmm. And I was like, why am I learning about this 13 yeah. minutes in? Like yeah. you just yeah. like, that is the definition of bearing it's, the lead. My friend, it is so hard. And I have to tell you, Joe's helped me a lot with this, mm-hmm. but it is hard for newbies people who haven't been doing this for a long time to know how, and I struggle with it all the time to grab people and pull them in right away, but then also have an arc of a story that makes sense. Right. right? And I, I definitely struggle with that. Like, and you, you can tell by how I started our podcast. It's mm. like, I know I got to ask you something deep and worthwhile, dig in in the beginning, or at least the story does that a little bit too. But like, I feel like that first question has to have some fangs. 
But then I feel like I also have to back off and then really start making an arc of how I want the story to go. But I agree. It's hard. It's hard to know. Like, when do you put the, yeah. When do you drop the bomb? And I've, I've had one show that I did for Joe where we dropped the bomb at the end and it was planned that way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's hard to know when to put that in um, and to time it right. And the flow is just tough. Like if you want, if you want people to hear something, you kind of need to stick it up front and you're like, yeah, but I want to get to the content. I'm like, no one's going to get to the content if they're not engaged in the beginning. Yeah. So it's, it's like, well, okay, well, I'll put this in the middle and then maybe near the end. And if nobody takes action, then definitely next week it's going up front kind of thing. So yeah, it's, it's true. That's why ads are tricky. Yeah. And, and, and I do something that Joe hates is I, I read in a break. He does not like that, but for me, I'm a big fan. So I, um, you will thank yourself when you start using dynamic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm a big fan of Terry gross and I love fresh air and they always read their ads in and now they're a big program. I mean, obviously they have lots of foster, but I like the way it sounds. So ultimately I decided I'm going to read my ads in that way. Um, but I've, but you know, Joe will be like, I hate when you do that. He's like, I hate how you interrupt the flow for it, et cetera. But for me, that's my, you know, what yeah, I but like doesn't he, I mean, they have the, like a trivia well, question. I know. Yeah. He, yeah. Well that's, but that's his way of doing it in a right. more, and, and he's, he's taken the advice. So, so being on stacking Benjamins, I'm on their creative team. So we talk, Joe and mm-hmm. I talk about podcasting all the time. So when you, you've in a few episodes talked about some people who do a really good job of continuously changing the flow of their content, right? Where one conversation flows into the next without like a weird break, et cetera. Right. And so I think he thinks a lot about that. Like, how do I get the ad in without screwing with the flow of what we're talking about, which is very hard, right? We all need ads. Ads are a necessity if we want to make at least money revenue that way. Like someone like Joe, who has tons and tons and tons of listeners, right? it's not a bad way for some revenue, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do that correctly. And not piss yeah. someone off. Yeah. And that's something that when I think about it, I don't think about it enough. And that is how do I, my, my, I just take the cheap way out. I, I fade some music in and there's your transition. Okay. Well, yeah. that was easy. Yeah. Um, which, which, which ain't a bad trick, you know? <laughs> well, it's, well, that's something see. Now I get the answer. If there's one thing I would redo, I would do, which I do now in another podcast, I would have one topic. Yeah. Because it's impossible to write a headline for an episode that has three things in it. Yeah. yeah. And then you have to figure out, okay, which one is going to resonate the most, which then makes you think, well, then why am I doing the other two? It's, it's, um, that's just something I I, just, I hate, I hate titling my podcast. Hate it. That's another one. Joe's always on me. Cause I I lose listeners just because I don't title the podcast well enough, but it's constantly a struggle with me is how to title them with the right amount of flair, but be true to what you're actually talking about as opposed to just kind of a shit show of putting something up there. Cause you know, it's going to get eyes. Yeah. It's it's, I've been using this tool called uh, headliner studio from Mm -hmm. co-schedule and they have all this AI SEO, like you should add more feeling words and and I get done and I'm like, okay, I got to score 86. That's pretty good. And then I'm like, Except that phrase would never come out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And that's where I'm like, I'm actually yeah. going to go with the 77 yeah. score. Cause that I get, I understand authenticity I'm, versus. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I had a guy do an SEO audit of my site and he goes, you have really good SEO. He goes, what tool do you use? I go, uh, I write for people. 
<laughs> I go, I, I think about the one person who really needs to know it. He goes, so you're not using like SEMrush or yeah. I'm like, no, actually I'm pretty stupid when it comes to SEO. I know a little bit, you know, about this and that. And I know how to look up my ranking. And he's like, okay. He's like, cause I, I was going to like, you know, he goes, I, we'd be happy to help you with this, but I just want to let you know, you're doing really good. And here are some things you could do to, to tweak this. Um, but I've always, I think it was Todd Cochran I talked to once, and he said that uh, he'd gone through a similar thing. He goes, I just write for people. And he goes, because I think we also know, like, the, the real clickbaity, for me, when I see, a, like, just dripping clickbaity title, I kind of go, oh, somebody's, somebody's trying to sell me something yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, like, there's, what's, hmm, why are you trying so hard? Yeah. You know what I mean? When the title is just naked Pam Anderson, you know. Yeah. Pam Anderson, naked, naked. I remember it's like, wait, isn't this a show about podcasting? Yeah. yeah, When you drop the worry about the downloads, that helps, right? Because then you start saying, well, forget getting eyes. Let's actually write in here what's helpful to the person who's going to be listening to this, right? Yeah. Who do I actually want to attract to listen to this episode? And then that's a whole different, right? When you, if you can drop that, if you can say, yeah, the downloads are whatever they are, what, what actually makes sense here for, for people? Yeah. My, my downloads always go down in February because in January they go through the roof because everybody that wants to start a podcast is like, oh, this is the year. (laughs) And so in February, my numbers went down, but the membership went up. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and that's when I was like, you know what? That's ding, really, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> so, yeah. And it is weird because there is a time, like the other thing, see, now that I'm thinking about my answers, um, I don't know that the school of podcasting is niche enough because come January, I will do a very 101 kind of win one for the Gipper, let's start a podcast. And then somewhere in that year, I'm going to do something that's pretty. Like, okay, you've got a podcast. Here's how you grow it kind of thing. And that's two kind of separate audiences. And I was like, and I always know when I do something like that, I'm like, ah, the already podcasting guy is going to skip this one. I'm like, well, that's all right. I'm going to talk to this person. And I was like, I have, I, I, it's, I've got artwork somewhere. I have a, a show about just growing your podcast. And I was like, yeah, we don't have enough time for that. That's going to require more research. And I was like, I I like the idea, but no. So. Yeah, I suffer with that too. Like earn and invest. I mean, talk about a huge title right there, right? That can have anything. And I just, every time I try to niche down, I'm like, but I love having these broad conversations and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I can't let go of it. So it's like, okay, I'll trade it for the fact that I'm going to get people who listen to some and don't listen to others. But when I look at the sum total of the conversations I want to have, they're really broad. And that's just my personality. So either you're going to get me and maybe slightly less successful, or you're going to get inauthentic me and more successful. I'm going with authentic me and and at some level it is what it is. Well, that's it. I got to meet uh, one of my co-hosts that we, he's in Nebraska. So I think I've met him in person like three times and we're at PodFest or podcast movement or something. And we're talking and he goes, you know, what's really cool. And I go, and he goes, you are exactly in person the same way you are on a microphone. I go, dude, you don't realize that, but that's like one of the best compliments you can give any podcaster. Cause I, there was a guy I was talking with and he was, going to do something and he went to record something and look when i talk on a microphone i have a little more energy but he was like like off the like he was like all of a sudden he's like okay well now we're going to talk about then i was like wait and i I, he got done i go why why are you talking like that broadcaster voice yeah and it was and it was very john lee dumas inspired you know like stoked and but i was like i go i like energy i go but 
like you really flipped the switch there. And he's like, well, that's the way I talk. And I, and I go on mic and he's like, yeah. And I go, okay, I'm just letting you know. I'm like, that's so, and again, you be you, man. If that's what you want to do on mic, you do it. I just, I, I you will not get the, you sound exactly the same off mic as you do on. Cause I was like, Whoa. That, so. That's what I love about Joe too. Joe is very ah, much, Joe's a man. Joe is very much in person, how he is on mic. Um, very yeah, authentic. Joe, yeah. Joe, when Joe's in o- Ohio, uh, we usually meet at a Bob Evans and just laugh for 45 minutes straight. Yeah. He is so. Yeah. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a guy that I, again, I, I love people that are super serious about their craft and yet can have a ball of fun doing it. Yeah. That's the, the perfect mix. So there's a guy that, you know, um, and I'm going to write that down. Okay. there's another Beatles thing because those, <laughs> those guys had a, a ton of time, but they were serious about it. Um, you know, so that, and it shows, yeah, you know, oh, and I totally love, shows. And uh, I remember once I was talking to him about how he came up with his rates and he goes, I just kept raising them until somebody said no. He goes, cause I didn't want to leave any money on the table. And I was like, okay, that is so simple and yet brilliant. Right. <laughs> like, cause nobody wants to hear that. No. So they just, you know, I'm like, no, no, you, it, it's not going to kill you. You only have to hear it once or twice. And then you just pop it down a little. You'll be fine. So. Yeah, that's why I really uh, enjoyed your two episodes with Joe. That was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to listen to. Um, now, granted, I like your show and I like Joe. So it was going to be, I was going to like it anyway, but, <laughs> but it was good stuff. It feels really good to be productive, but a lot of the time it's easier said than done, especially when you need to make time to learn about productivity so you can actually, you know, be productive. But you can start your morning off right and be ready to get stuff done in just a few minutes with the Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day podcast. New episodes drop every weekday, so listen and subscribe to Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. That's Inc. Productivity Tip of the Day wherever you get your podcasts. Tech moves fast, so keep pace with the Daily Crunch podcast from TechCrunch. With new episodes every day, this podcast will give you a quick overview on everything you need and should know about startups, new tech, regulations, and more. Listen to TechCrunch Daily Crunch now, wherever you get your podcasts. That's TechCrunch Daily Crunch, wherever you get your podcasts.